We at The Daily Brew take the Bible and the study of it very seriously. Have you ever wondered where we or our special guests go when we want to dive into God's Word more deeply? We go to Logos, the best Bible software available. From in-depth word studies in the original languages to commentaries from scholars, both new and old. There are lexicons and grammars and sermons and collected works of heroes of the faith, and even ancient texts for the serious Bible students. Never before has so many great tools been bundled together into one software. To learn more about this incredible ministry, call 888-390-7341. That's 888-390-7341. While you're there, go ahead and tell them that you heard about this incredible software on The Daily Brew. dissertation was on John Calvin. He had a great impact on my handling of scripture. His verse-by-verse exposition, his sequential uh, exposition and preaching of the Word of God, book after book, that really is the pattern of my preaching ministry here. So John Calvin has tremendous impact uh, on me. Martin Lloyd-Jones, one of the great preachers of the 20th century, he's had an impact. I love Charles Spurgeon um, and John Bunyan, his rich, both of them are really just geniuses in the English language. They're just rich in the way that they uh, wrote, um, you know, the English language. The Living Writers, John Piper's Desiring God has had a huge impact on me. Um, And there's some other uh, writers that I really appreciate too, as well. If you wish to know God, you must know His Word. If you wish to perceive His power, you must see His works by His Word. If you wish to know His purpose before it comes to pass, you can only discover it by His Word. These words were penned by Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Christians are people of the Word. Creation began with the Word of God. All of reality is sustained by the Word of God. If God's words carry such power and significance, We have an obligation to learn them, meditate upon them, and allow them to seep into our souls. Today we have the joy of interviewing Andy Davis, pastor of First Baptist Durham, on the topic of scripture memorization. What better man to learn from than one who's memorized several books of the Bible? Dr. Davis, thank you so much for joining our show. Uh, 
We are getting ready to go through a series where we're talking about memorization of Scripture, and I know you have written quite a bit about that topic. And I wanted to see if, uh, if we could just ask you a couple questions on that topic. One of the first ones is, uh, where's a good place to start if you're wanting to memorize Scripture? Where's a good place to start, or where would you recommend starting for that process? For sure. I was, uh, I was discipled uh, when I was a college student at MIT. And we started with the Navigator's Topical Memory System, and we were memorizing individual verses, which I think is a, is a great place to start. Uh, I remember, still remember the first verse that I memorized was 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, everything has become new. Um, so people can do that. But at some point, that process uh, kind of runs out. You, you know, I remember guys had these clip rings with like hundreds of individual verse cards, and and it's just hard to remember all of those individual verses. So I uh, transitioned over to memorizing whole books of the Bible, and that's where I would recommend that people begin. Wait, what did he just say? I grew up memorizing the John 3.16s and the Jesus wet passages. This will certainly be a paradigm shift for many. Since interviewing Andy, I've tried to apply this approach, and honestly, I think he's on to something. This is a very helpful and easy way of memorizing long sections of Scripture. And I think the New Testament epistles, a shorter epistle like um, maybe Colossians or Philippians, I like to start at Ephesians because for 155 verses, you get so much theology and practical Christian living, and it's very encouraging. So if anybody really wants to start uh, memorizing and they're serious about it, I'd like to start them with Ephesians. We'll do Ephesians. That is very helpful. And do you have any, uh, for the second question, do you have any tips for memorization? I know that's a, quite a bit of a task to memorize a whole book. So what are some tips or some pointers to help people with uh, better memorizing or better uh, remembering these verses? Yeah, I think memorization is a, a skill that gets developed. You get better at it the more that you do. So I think it's not too much to have you know somebody of, of normal intelligence and who's really committed to it to memorize a whole book like Ephesians, it's only, like I said, 155 verses. If you memorized a verse a day and took a day off a week, um, you're probably talking about six months and you would have the whole book memorized. Meanwhile, you know, you're learning just good things all along the way. So for me, memorization really, there's nothing that, you know, magical about it. It's just repetition over time. So what I advocate in a booklet that I wrote called An Approach to the Extended Memorization of Scripture, it's available on Amazon.com, or you could do download it for free off our church website. Um, but I just you know, recommend that you read the verse ten times, and then you say it ten times. And then you're done, first verse, like Ephesians 1.1, 1, 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. That's it. You just read it ten times, say it ten times. Then the next day, you read yesterday's verse, you, you recite it ten times, you need to read it to just refresh your memory, do it, and then you add a new verse, and then you just keep adding new verses, yesterday's verse ten times, today's verse, read it ten times, say it ten times, and then all the verses you've learned up to that point, once, and then little by little by little, that all the verses you've learned once get bigger and bigger. You get to 20 verses, 30 verses, but you're going to say them every day. And that's where the memorization happens, repetition over time. One nice thing about this approach is it allows you to not have to carry around note cards. You can just carry your Bible around, open up your Bible wherever you are, um, whatever time of day it may be, and just start working and memorizing. You're reciting it over and over and over again. And then day after day after day, 
those verses slowly start uh, to become easier to remember. Um, I found myself the first few days struggling with some verses, and then um, as the days progressed on, those earlier verses now um, are ingrained in my mind. So it's an amazing approach. I definitely uh, am appreciative for from learning this from him. Mm, that is that is very helpful. Um, Another question we had is, um, what are some of the benefits you found from just memorizing extended passages uh, just for your own spiritual walk? Yeah, there's such a rich fellowship that comes with Christ through His Word. And I think if somebody were to ask me, what verse would you bring me to that says I really should memorize Scripture? There's a number of them that talk about it, but I would my favorite would be in John 15. And verse 7, Jesus said, If you abide or dwell or remain in me, and my words abide or dwell or remain in you, then ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit and show yourselves to be my disciples. So that is that vine and branches analogy of us abiding in Christ, having a relationship with Christ. And memorization, you know, I, I really don't know how Jesus' words, plural, could abide or dwell or remain in us if we don't know what they are. So I'm not saying that absolutely requires memorization, but it's very helpful. So as we are thinking about Christ's word, we're, we're able then to reflect it back up in prayer. And there's a real walking with Christ through this discipline of memorization that I find very rich and helpful. I was recently speaking at a church on Psalm 1, and I found it interesting that it begins talking about the wicked person as the one who walks, sits, and then stands with uh, sinners. And then uh, the psalmist or David um, contrasts that person with um, the righteous one who meditates upon God's Word day and night. But what's interesting about that, uh, he describes the one who meditates upon the Torah or the the Old Testament, the first five books of the Old Testament. And then he describes him like a well-watered tree that produces fruit in season and out of season, and his leaves do not wither. Now, at first, we may think, hey, this is just an agrarian society, and they're focusing on... um, you know, something that's natural to them. But I think there's actually allusions here back to the Garden of Eden. Um, trees don't produce fruit season, fruit in season and out of season. Uh, leaves on trees don't go unwithered during different seasons. They, they dry out and they fall off, and uh, that's the nature of how trees work. So when he describes a person who meditates upon God's Word day and night as this well-watered tree producing fruit in season and out and his leaves not withering, that's a miraculous thing. That's not a normal thing. This is a supernatural event. Well, why is it that important? Why is it supernatural? For David, he's describing it as if the one who meditates upon God's Word, it's as if he is back in Eden. Once again, he is able to walk with the Lord and talk with the Lord. And this is contrast to the wicked person who's walking with sinners. And now we have this Edenic language that's reminding us that if we meditate upon God's Word, if we think upon it, if we treasure it in our heart, it's as if all has been restored and we are once again in the presence of God. Um, That's true for the Israelites, and I think that's true for us as well. And ultimately, we have the one in Christ who comes, um, who brings, uh, as John 1 says, the eternal God becomes flesh and dwells or tabernacles among us. And now, ultimately, we have, uh, we can come to the Father through the Son because of what the Son has done. 
through the Spirit. And so I just think uh, Psalm 1 is a beautiful passage on the importance of meditating and treasuring God's Word in our heart because it reminds us that we get a small foretaste of the future New Jerusalem, um, a small taste of what Eden was like and what it'll be like when we're in the New Jerusalem. It's as if heaven is coming to earth and we're getting to see a small glimpse of it for a brief moment in time. That was very helpful. And if you don't mind me asking, how much uh, would you say of the Bible do you have memorized? Well, first of all, I want to be clear that that it's a, it's a dynamic thing. I don't hold on to old books equally well. Like some books, Ephesians, I really think God has blessed me, and I, I think I will always know that book to a pretty high level of accuracy. Not per- perfect, but I would say I could probably recite it you know, about 90% accurately. In other words, I might make some mistakes. If you're reading along uh, with me, you know, you'd correct a few words. But I've got it, and it flows like water through a pipe, that book. Other books, not so well at all. Um, and so I don't claim to have all of the books that I have at some point memorized to be able to recite them now. There's a limit to, uh, it's almost like your desktop or your, I don't know, like your smartphone. There's a, there's a limit to the number of photos or videos you can have in there. I think all of us have some limit. Honestly, if we're if we're living a, a normal life, if you if you have a wife, kids, or a ministry, unless you're like a monk and like your full purpose every day is to have as much scripture memorized as you can, you're going to have a limit to how much you've got able to be recite you know recitable. So I really don't know what that is for me. I do know how many books that I have begun and finished, and at some point was able fully to recite from memory, and that number is 43. I think I'm on my 43rd book right now. Amen. That is very incredible. Um, we always try to toss in one or two fun questions just for our listeners as well. So whenever you're not pastoring or, or riding, what do you do for fun? Well, I like to ride a bike, a road bike for exercise. Uh, the area around here that I live in, in, in Durham, we live a little further out from the city, and it's pretty rural out there and beautiful. So I love riding bikes. It's good for exercise and scenery. I used to run uh, you know, distance. I was a distance runner, track and cross country. But Bike riding for me is better. There's less pounding on my old older legs now, <laughs> and I get more scenery. So I enjoy riding a bike. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be on our show today. It's been a joy, and I, I know this will be very beneficial for all our listeners. So thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a joy and a pleasure. All right. You have a good day, sir. You too. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that this broadcast will be used to strengthen your faith and your love for the local church. The Daily Brew is a listener-supported broadcast. We exist because of generous donors such as yourself. If you're interested in having your business advertised on our show, please reach out to us through our Facebook page or our website at www.yourdailybrew.com. At pizza. Pizza! Where do we at the Daily Brew go when we want good pizza? Snappy Tomato. Not only is it good, but they also have the Beast, which is great for a church or a small group setting. Bro, bro, Jeremy, I will give you 20 bucks if you can eat the Beast by yourself. On the spot. You're going to lose $20. Matter of fact, Jeremy will give $20 to anyone who can eat an entire Beast in one setting. Okay, maybe you won't do that, but there. It is amazing. It is enormous. There's no way one person can eat it. It is big enough for an entire small group, I know from experience. Well, 
considering I'm a beast, I think I can take on the beast. With several convenient locations such as Washington Pike, Seymour, Hardin Valley, and Farragut, Snappy Tomatoes close by the neighborhood near you. 